hello, and welcome to what is probably going to be the shortest episode of this podcast ever. Apologies for the uh, gap in between episodes. A lot of stuff just happened in my personal life. Uh, We had this whole crazy election thing, but that's over with now. I really wanted to put an episode out. This is going to be a little bit different than what I've done in the past in that I didn't write a script. I'm going off largely my notes here. So with that, let's take a look at what's been going on in the streaming world. And just as a final note, normally the I wanted to do this thing where I do a deep dive on the major uh, SVOD services, and I want to do Amazon, so I'm going to save that for the next episode. Now, since the last episode, the biggest thing that happened is what we're going to start with, and that's AT&T bought Time Warner. And even though this happened actually some time ago, it still hasn't passed the regulatory hurdles. Um, this is uh, getting a little bit of controversy, this deal. President Now, President Trump has come out and said it's a bad idea. Senator Bernie Sanders has come out and said it's a bad idea uh, to let this happen. A good comp for this would be the movie industry. Movie studios are not allowed to own movie theaters. That's just something that's not allowed. Um, to control the content and the uh, distribution of that content is seen as too much of a monopoly. So people are saying, isn't that kind of what AT&T is doing? AT&T is getting Time Warner, which has a lot of cable channels, sure, also HBO. So specifically, they have content that's easily available online, and they own cable, too. So a means of delivery, even if it's just from smartphone. Again, this is why regulations are always so far behind technological advances. I mean, AT&T... Uh, allows you to have data, which allows you to watch, you know, your Game of Thrones that's from a company they own on, you know, your phone. And so this just brings up a whole host of questions. Is this one company controlling everything? Which I find really interesting. Um, they paid over $85 billion for it, which, man, the money is staggering. And even though I, I see that side of it, this is not totally out of the blue in terms of what's going on right now. A lot of the traditional media services are teaming up, emerging to fight the upstarts. Again, that's what this whole podcast is about. There's this sea change coming in content and and the internet, and and there's so much there, Uh, and regulations will come down the line. But yeah, for right now, in order to hold on to something, people are uh, merging to some degree. Disney bought a billion dollars, they paid a billion dollars, rather, to buy into BAM Tech. I think I might have mentioned that in a previous episode, which is online uh, streaming that the, run by Major League Baseball. Uh, it streams MLB. Uh, I believe they also cover WWE. And yeah, so they bought into that because they kind of see that's where the market's going. They're not sure exactly. I mean, they haven't done anything with it really yet, but they see that as a potential future. Viacom, which I'm actually going to talk about here in a little bit, is actually thinking about remerging Paramount and CBS. They'd split already, but they might bring them back together. And again, this is because people are seeing the benefits of this. You know, uh, Lionsgate, Lionsgate buying stars. I mean, this is what's happening right now. So you have, again, upstarts. You have your Amazon and your Netflix and your Google. But then, you know, you're not just going to sit around and rest on your laurels if you're a company. You're going to want to do something uh, to combat this. And that's what AT&T has done. So it hasn't gone through yet, but it very well could. Now, what's interesting about this also is something called DirecTV Now. You might not have heard of it. <laughs> okay. DirecTV Now is um, 
DirecTV is owned by AT&T, by the way. They didn't even get into that, but my goodness. <laughs> DirecTV now is going to be this service. It allows you to watch TV over the internet. There's actually a couple of those right now. Right now, Sling TV is probably the more well-known. Um, Sling TV allows you to watch, you know, I think you have 20 to 30 channels for like 20 bucks a month. Uh, right now, the commercials are featuring Danny Trejo. Might have seen him trying to sell the idea. Now, I didn't go with Sling. I actually cut the cord since the last episode, just giving you some personal background because I'm kind of tied into this. My family and I, we cut the cable cord and we went with PlayStation View, which I love, by the way. I love my PlayStation View. It's great. Um, maybe I'll do something where I talk more about, well, more like a review, but I just think it's great. Here's the thing. Now the idea is out there. PlayStation View, according to LA Times, uh, about 350,000 members. Sling, according to some recent articles, has about a million people. Um, there's more people entering this marketplace. Now it doesn't sound like a whole lot of people are signed. Now a lot of people have cut the cord, but they're getting through with maybe paid apps, right? Free like YouTube and Crackle, and then paid like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. But this new thing is is really really interesting. Because here's the thing. Yes, you can watch live TV over the internet. There's some buffering issues here and there, but PlayStation View for me has been great. I have a good internet connection, though, so bear that in mind. But also, I can use PlayStation View to sign into other apps. Now, if you have a device like I do, like a Roku, Smart TV is good as well, Amazon Fire Stick, all those. And you can download apps of channels, These what they call TV Everywhere. So, for example, FX, which is awesome, right? American Horror Story and, um, you know, uh, a lot of the Fargo is probably my favorite show on there. People versus O.J. Simpson. So if you, you love FX, but you don't want a cable bundle, so you get the Sling or PlayStation View or something, you can still have access to that app, right, to that app that, that asks you, do you have a cable subscription, you know, subscription to watch this? Well, you can put PlayStation View, and boom, you can watch it still. Now, entering the marketplace is going to be DirecTV now. Uh, allegedly going to have uh, be about 35 bucks a month from what I'm reading and close to like 100 channels off uh, available. I don't, I'm not sure about all that. It hasn't come out yet. It's not going to roll out for a little while. So I'll get back to you about that one. The other one is Hulu. Hulu um, is actually losing money right now. I've talked a little bit about Hulu, but they actually have some financials that were released not that long ago. I know I read an article a month fool about it's called hulu's losing more money than it did last year from october 27th of this year it's a great read it explains a lot of reasons why it's losing money including increased um, money spent on originals you know see see netflix right on top of that how it's uh you know trying to get its own service off the ground that's supposed to launch early next year i don't know how big the market is I would think it's everyone who has cable, right? Just about. Just about everyone has cable. Doesn't want cable. They want a not only cheaper alternative, but also a way to deal with customer service that doesn't make you want to rip your hair out. So you would think, but everyone's a little bit different. And by the way, you might be thinking, what about sports? That for me was a huge sacrifice, right? I love, love sports. PlayStation View does have TNT and ESPN on it and FS1, so I was able to watch the baseball playoffs. I was able to watch the World Series. I'm able to watch Laker games once in a while, but not often. Although, I'm on the Access plan, which is the, the cheapest of the plans. I could, for $5 more a month, go up to the Core plan. And then, with the Core plan, I would be able to 
can watch a lot more stuff. I'd be able to have NBA TV. I'd be able to have uh, Fox Sports West, which uh, would allow me to regionally watch my Angels, my Los Angeles Angels I'm a fan of. So there's some workarounds there. And again, we don't know what Hulu's offering yet uh, or DirecTV now. Again, we're not sure which is the, you know, none of us know what the best service is. Again, the question now is how big is that market? How many people, if we take the numbers as they are, it's less than about a million and a half Americans are uh, subscribed to Sling or PlayStation View. Will that number grow? Uh, I don't know. You know, they're not, you know, they're not giving these services away. I mean, you know, I said $35, what DirecTV now is supposed to go for. That might seem like just too much money for you, um, especially if you do still want to have your Netflix. So put $10 on top of that 35 and maybe you like having um, Hulu. So still, so add another $7.99 on top of that, you know, another $8. So $18 on top of 35, you see how it can add up. Every, every household's a little bit different. For me, it actually saved me some money, but again, everyone's a little bit different as far as that goes. Think about these services is that again, the channel lineup is subject to change. I'm on, like I said, PlayStation view, they just lost all the Viacom channels. Viacom, if, if you're unfamiliar, if I say Viacom, you have no clue what that is. Second time I said it, you know, Viacom is a media, you know, conglomerate, basically. You know, they own quite a few things. A lot of drama going on there. I don't have time to go into right now because I, I need to research it better. But the CEO of that company is a guy named Sumner Redstone. And he had a successor in place, but then his daughter, Sherry Redstone, who he was estranged from for a little bit, but they made up. And then there was a power struggle, and it seems like, um, you know, <laughs> a mess. And from everything I'm reading, Viacom is a mess. I mean, I really probably should do a deep dive on Viacom. But the short version of the story is that Viacom owns television channels like the BET channels. There's actually a couple of BET channels. The MTV channels, the Nickelodeon channels, right? So if your kids like Paw Patrol, that's on there. You know, VH1, TV Land, Spike, those things. Um, Comedy Central's the, the one pretty much that I watch of all everything I just named. My kids aren't super into Nick's, but, you know, that's the one. And it's gone. It's off, it's off PlayStation View. PlayStation View released a blog that said that it, it was going to have to increase its price to keep it, so they just sent it. So PlayStation View, first of all, is not perfect. They don't have anything from the uh, A&E networks, so no history, no A&E. Uh, and then now they don't have anything from Viacom. Uh, still a great deal, in my opinion. But either way, Viacom, to just move off from this, released earnings not that long ago. I want to November 9th, so just a couple days ago. And their earnings, their apparently profits from continuing operations fell 70%. And revenue fell 15%. Doing pretty bad. Doing so bad that news reports came out that they might want to try to remerge, is what I brought up earlier, CBS and uh, Paramount. So Paramount movies aren't doing that great. CBS, though, is a huge network still. Again, it's like the number one network. Apparently, it's an over-the-top service. CBS All Access is uh, doing pretty well in gaining subscribers. But yeah, overall, the, the company just seems to be in trouble. And, you know, as much as I, I said I like Comedy Central, which I do, it actually does have a direct competitor now. Comedy Central, I mean, can you name another can channel, rather, dedicated all the comedy? On cable, no, but online, you now have something called CISO. We haven't talked about it yet, but for $3.99 a month, it's backed by NBC. You get a bunch of NBC comedies, you get some British comedies on there. Monty Python, I believe, is on there. And um, you get a whole bunch of originals that reach out to people like Dan Harmon and 
<laughs> and others. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a big Rick and Morty fan. His name pops into my mind first. So that's indirect a contract. You know, MTV. Is MTV still a big hit? I mean, I'm, I'm serious about that. Like, it certainly was huge, you know, in the 90s and everything, but nowadays, you know, is MTV as big a, a draw, or VH1 for that matter, is either one as big a draw as it used to be? I know MTV has been trying to do more originals. They had a big show, uh, The Sword of Shannara, which is based on fantasy novels. They created that as a TV show. You know, I, I believe it was picked up for a second season. I know first season streaming on Netflix, but uh, all right, I'm getting off in the weeds here. So what happens when I don't have a script, people? The point is that Viacom is uh, a channel that seems, to, I'm sorry, uh, a company that seems to be in trouble. It's trying its best now to bring things back together, to do what AT&T did and have a content and a delivery, you know, maybe even, well, it doesn't have a delivery method for the content, but able to at the very least uh, consolidate all their content. And that's how it's going to battle back against the OTT services like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon that are out there. now. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But in the meantime, I have just a couple more uh, pieces of news here. Uh, Netflix, big fan of that channel, is losing all the shows from the Scripps network. I'm giving you guys a lot of like these networks. He said AT&T and you know, Viacom, Scripps. Scripps Network Interactive uh, has all the Food Network channels and HG, HGTV channels and things like that. So um, personally, I didn't watch any of that stuff. A lot of the shows on there were things like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. You know, Food Network Stars, Cutthroat Kitchen, a lot of reality shows, right? A lot of these um, uh, low-cost television shows. And um, according to scripts, they said they they don't want to be tied down to one streaming service. They want to see what else they can do, and that's maybe. Maybe there's ways to, they don't want to shut off advertisers. Okay, I can see all that. Maybe it's true. Like they, They're not probably going to start their own service. Might be able to get some other deals with some other one. I don't like the aforementioned Hulu or something. For Netflix, again, there was a report earlier in the year that they're going to start developing a lot more of their own reality programming. That's the plan. Um, there's not a whole lot of stuff in the pipeline. This year will be uh, something called the White Rabbit Project, which, if you're a Mythbusters fan like I am, features you know Grant, Tori, and Carrie. From uh, or I'd, actually, I'm not sure Grant is part of it, but uh, I had to double check that. But either way, it's called the White Rabbit Project, and yeah, it's them. It's the uh, it's the B team, <laughs> not Jamie and, and Adam, but the B team of MythBusters. Now again, that's gonna be like a reality show. They're giving Bill Nye, you know, Bill Nye the Science Guy, his own talk show next year. So with probably a lot more stuff. They already have a reality show based out of Japan called uh, Oh Terrace House. So you get the idea. They're developing that. So maybe, you know, you could see Netflix easily letting that go to, again, to focus more on its original content. So that's kind of, um, you know, at the very least, a, a strategic move, probably for both sides, right? This is probably for one company who wants to try to get more ad revenue. And from the other side, it's a company that wants to focus more on things they can control internally. And you can't fault either company for that. They're doing what's best for them, which is, again, what everyone's doing in this space. Now, the final bit of news I have to talk about today are these really, really good articles you can find uh, online. I'm actually, they're about Amazon Prime launching in India. Now, Amazon, 
I should make that more clear. Amazon Prime actually already launched in India, but Amazon Prime Video is now just going to be launching in India. And uh, there's there's so many good ones. You know, um, one I read called R.I.P. Netflix? Question mark. Amazon Prime Video set to launch in India. Another good one uh, was from the Wall Street Journal, which is Netflix and Amazon take divergent paths to reach Indian audience. So that's a fantastic one to read and really sets this up. But now you're actually seeing a battle, a stream wars battle going on right now. Netflix charges, uh, I don't know the, it in rupees, but it comes out to, it comes around to um, $7.50 a month for its service in India. Amazon Prime Prime itself, including video, is dropping in India for $7.50 for the year. I mean, that is such a fantastic deal. I assume they're going to have a bunch of people signing for it. Again, this is the benefit of Amazon. Amazon has multiple revenue streams, right? I mean, you can, uh, of course, you can get video standalone here in America. Obviously, they sell things. That's what they're most known for. But it has that money. So it has that ability to drop this amazing service with this low, low price. And, you know, Netflix is is all about streaming video, so it can't quite do that. Interestingly, the, the Divergent Paths thing, if you read that one, says that, you know, Amazon is making deals with local Bollywood studios, and it wants a lot of original, not just original, I apologize. It, it does want original content. It is developing that, but a lot of local content. Netflix isn't really doing that. They aren't buying a whole lot of local content. Some, but they're commissioning uh, commissioning original content. They bought a movie at the festivals this year called Raman Naman, which you can actually watch on Netflix, but it's set in India. In addition to that, they're making a television show in India, I believe called Sacred Games. And so that's that's the, what they mean by divergent paths. Like they both want India. India has over a billion people in it. Since cracking into China is darn near impossible, this is a market that Netflix, Amazon, everyone really wants to get into. And so, you know, this is a battle we're seeing play out right now where the winner, of course, will get a large share of the Indian market. Now, there are already uh, services there, but these are the big players. Let's see who comes out on top. All right, well, this is going to do it for this episode of Stream Wars. Thanks for joining me.